Hey, it's Brian Hayes. It used to stress me out when things would break in my house. Not anymore, though, and I'm sure you can guess why. Jiffy. The other day, my dryer stopped working. Out of the blue, zero heat. But I didn't panic. I just hopped on the Jiffy app. John came that afternoon, and all my wet laundry was dry in no time. Jiffy saved the day once again. Download the Jiffy app or sign up at JiffyOnDemand.com with the code SPORTS for $25 off your first job. Jiffy, fast and reliable, home maintenance. All right, no mailing it in for us. The 32 GMs in the NHL decided to do that today, but they were not mailing it in prior to today. So you have to take that into consideration. Yeah, you can't be mad. No, absolutely not. I was on First Up this morning, and uh, Carlo and AK asked me that. If nothing really happens, is it all good? I said, absolutely. You can do this for the rest of time. If you have Bo Horvat, Matias Ekholm, Ryan O'Reilly, Patrick Kane, like all these big names being dealt, yeah, Chikrin eventually. Chikrin eventually. <laughs> I mean, there's there's Timo Meyer got flipped. Jonathan Quick went to two different teams. Corpus Salo got flipped. Yeah, you can go down the list. Surprise been... trade too. That one was Absolutely. slightly greasy. You know, yeah. not greasy, but you know, you're, you're right. Like it, all of it led up to it. I was fine for, hey, let's see how the teams look now, because really this is recap. But in pre- previous years, it was all about. Hey, this was a good trade. You're trying to process it on the fly. Yes, exactly. Now we've already processed yeah, we've it. Now you're looking that. at it. Yeah, like the other day, what was that? Monday, Tuesday, or what was the day it where was all on, hell broke loose? On Tuesday. Tuesday so, here. Frankie, you were in here for that. Yeah. And it was Rosmus Sandin traded 10 minutes before the show. Then Angval about 30, 20 minutes into the show. Then Luke Shen comes aboard 30 minutes into the show. Yeah. And then on top of that, I believe Ekholm got dealt that afternoon. Yeah, it was. Yes, it I'm was. pretty sure he, he went to Edmonton. You would have appreciated this, Noodles. We were sitting in here, and you know how we have the TV screens, yeah. and sometimes the remote cameras that are on the road will filter in here yeah. and get the live feed. So Hayes is in here. I'm in here. We're kind of like, I'm watching Leafs practice. Right. And all of a sudden, the camera pans over to Sandine, yeah. and he's getting escorted off the ice. And I start thinking, someone's going to tweet that this guy just got escorted off the ice by a non-medical staff member yeah, like the trainers giving him the sure point. enough there it was like five minutes later and then we got the news and it was the perfect timing okay so let's look at let's work backwards from this sandine goes to washington correct mm-hmm. like he he will be out of the limelight like oh like yeah I think about, he's a so, depth player in a right different in, market different market still a passionate fan base but think about it like when guys leave Toronto, they, they have such a, a spotlight on them, regardless of where they are in the lineup. Such a spotlight. But then you, you, know, you don't think about them again until they like cross you. Like Johansson, Kasperi Kapanen. Like his name came across our desk because he was on waivers, because he was a healthy scratch. It's right. Like, you know, Andreas Johansson, because he went to the minors. Guys in the minors, he just got flipped. Right, but like... When you leave Toronto, you go to different markets sometimes, you're right. Like, we're, we're obviously, we focus a lot on the Leafs. But Travis Dermott went to Vancouver and then got injured. Yeah, he's been injured. Injured, and, and, and I get that. But it's just, it's so much different. Like, I want to track a guy like Sandine and see what his career path looks like, you know, for the right. next five, Sandine, seven, ten. I think Pierre Engvall is another example of that. Like, he's on Long Island now playing a depth role. I don't think too many people are focusing on how he plays every single night right. or where on the lineup he's going to play or what kind of impact he's going to have come playoff time. And conversely, on the other side of it, you're a guy like Eric Gustafson, 
who's played in Canadian markets. He's right. aware of being in Canadian markets, but you know, he comes up here, he gets in the lineup last night. His first shift, he fumbles a puck and it's in the back of the net. <laughs> the worst. The worst way to start. And it's the worst possible situation. You know the way that is when that puck's up against the boards. And you're it can kinda, jam you. You're kind of nervous, too. Like, you got the shaky hands out sure. there. Like, everyone's human. Everyone gets a little nervous from time to That's time. That's got to be he got jammed up. mortifying, though. He's going back to the bench because he, he's overthinking it. Yeah. That he's thinking his teammates are like, who the hell is this yeah. guy? They sent us the wrong guy. Like, he can't feel the pass, <laughs> a routine pass up the boards? Like, come on, dude. Not only are you supposed to feel that, you're supposed to go, like, cross the blue line yes. and possibly walk, set up. Walk yeah. and make a play. Absolutely. And, he's, and, and the puck was... In his defense, it was it flipped on. It flipped on. You know what it's oh. like. You both know what it's like to try and pull something right off the board. Very and, tough. And but, Coleman's coming in on you anyway. And yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's it was a, a little bit of a blunder. I got a chance to. Uh, I did that game last night, as you guys know, in the Ottawa Rangers. But then I it was perfect timing. I get back to my hotel room and I get to watch the the Leafs Flames game. Not the most exciting game in the world. That's mm-hmm. Calgary likes it that way. But they found a way to get it done. Chipped away, created some good chances. I thought Markstrom made some big saves. He like did. That was that was more the Markstrom that I'm accustomed to from the last 18 months because he gave Calgary a chance to hang around. Yeah. And I thought at 1-1, okay, third period, now it's a moldy goal, now it's something. And they found a way to get it done. Well, Calgary's in big trouble. They're in big trouble. They needed to secure at least a point last night. And I don't think it's a surprise that their GM really didn't do anything today, made a minor league for minor league trade that is not going to have any impact on what they do in terms of the final 20 games. I mean, the Richie brothers. They got the Richie. Flipped. They flipped the Richie brothers and they got Troy Stetcher. But which is, it's it's a little bit weird because I think, was it you that said something to me off air? Like Vancouver got rid of, what was it, Markstrom, Stetcher, and Tanev. And Tanev. And somebody else from Vancouver is is now is now in that that mix but it's like you're you've gone from vancouver over to calgary now they've got to still sort things out i still believe that team has more ability than they're showing but you're running out of clock i think it's just too late at some point you are what you are i was thinking last night too early on in that game especially when markstrom is making all those saves like this could be the tsn turning point of this guy's season and that team in calgary but then, Hayes, like you said, they don't get a point in that game, and that is a dagger at this point for them. Yeah, like that's what's crushing is if, if you're going to be in a tight game, you've you've got to secure a point. Like if you're tied yeah. going into a third period at home, you'll take it. You'll you, sign you, off. Absolutely, on it. oh, it's yeah. not ideal. It's not perfect, but it's better than the alternative, which is zero you're points. Desperate. Remember, you need it. You have to have it. I can't to keep remember up. what game I was watching the other night, and both teams were playing, and you, both were teams in, were in this like. You know, in a playoff race, and I watched the last three minutes of the game where both of them are like, We'll accept the one point. Let's get to one mm. point and then coin flip. And that's the difference about last night. And I credit the Leafs because they, they don't care. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to keep playing, and they kept they, playing, and they, they put the pedal down, and they dominated. And even if they lost, so what? Yeah. They'll fly to Vancouver. They're still making the playoffs. And that's the danger. When you get a really good team that has point security, and you are a team like Calgary where that bench might have been thinking, let's see if we can get through 20 here and get a point. Then maybe we win a shootout or maybe we do this. And I thought the Leafs really, really played well in the third period. Like They really just leaned on 
Calgary. They looked like a heavy veteran team that was more than comfortable winning 2-1 and more than comfortable waiting for their opportunities. And I thought Markstrom made a few spectacular stops last night on Marner alone. Yeah, two big ones. Marner was dancing, too. He was incredible I'll tell you what. Like, it's there's the guy in Edmonton who is not human right now. He McDavid is not human. He is a freak of nature. He's the best player in the world, and there is not a close two. (laughs) But in terms of who is playing the hottest, who might be that second guy, Marner's making a case. Yeah, like league wide for someone who is absolutely dancing every single night. And this goal that's up right now on TSN two, his goal last night. That's a beauty. It's a beautiful goal. But maybe in the past, you see Matthews kind of wide open, ready to take the one timer, and it's like, no man, I can do this now. Like I can be the guy that shoots this puck and has a little more conviction with it. Like watch him the whole time. Matthews is there waiting. Yeah. In the past, that puck's going to him. I thought about that too, because you know you want to get Matthews going and feeling comfortable, and I thought he had a couple of real nice shifts last night. Looked, you know, the two of them had that two on two. They created a really he good was, look. That went thirty four was chugging. Yeah, so you know he's going to be fine. But you're right. Like it's not a scenario where it's like, hey, we put Marner back now. Let's try and get Matthews' goal total up or something like that. It's just yeah. like I'm in the better position. I'm taking that shot. Whereas in probably previous years, he'd force feed that over. Because you want Matthews to close out on that deal. Or Matthews has been the closer for mm-hmm. so long. It's just like, I'm the, I'm the guy who sets it up. He's the closer. Now you're like, okay, I'll take that shot because I'm at a better angle than the guy on the back door. Well, Pooley brought this up during the panel last night, that it feels like Marner's shooting more, where in fact his, his shots per game is actually down. I believe it's lower than it has been at any point in the last three seasons. And I think what that is is he's finding the middle of the ice, yeah. you know, his, his shots feel more dangerous. And that is where, you know, stats can be a little bit deceiving. You can be a volume shooter, but if they're all from the outside, they're meaningless. Yeah. And that was a big issue for him a few years ago when he couldn't get off the schneid on the power play is it was just kind of wrist shots from the perimeter that were never going to be dangerous. Was and the, now what you... What's that crazy stat? He went like, not like almost 100 games, games Almost 100 games without a power play goal. And he's on yeah. for a minute... 15 every power play at right. least. I, I, I was racking up assists and everything. It was like 108 games. Like something it went ridiculous. a long, long yeah. way before he scored on the power play. And like then he kind of went on He went on a little bit of a heater there where he was scoring, posting in, bad angles. That was la- like it, early in the new year last year. Yes. That's when he kind of broke out of that. Yes. Uh, but Marner is, is playing with an incredible amount of confidence right now. And I think a little bit of bite. Like I thought... You know, the the TSN crew, again, did a pretty good job last night of showing that, like getting getting involved physically, kind of whacking some guys. He's not going to fight. He's not going to. But whack a guy every once in a while. Some guy hits yeah. you. Even if you take a two-minute, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Like you're in the – it's the regular season. You want to send a bit of a message, go for it. I like buying sp- – like yeah. if, you, if you're on the ice and there's something that happens that irritates you, you're allowed to react to it. I yeah. think we've seen in previous years – People get frustrated around here, the smiles and stuff in scrums and that. Like, I, I would much rather see somebody hand out a, a, a retaliatory slash. You'll take the penalty, but the guy doing it goes, okay, we can't mess with this guy. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and, and now you've got a team that will stand up for each other. It, it's, it's a little bit different. And I found it interesting. I, I, I have to go back. I think it was Willie's quote two days ago where he said, you know, the acquisition, some of these guys, we feel like an inch or two taller. I don't know if you guys read that. Was it Willie? It was somebody on the Leafs. And it was. I, in I the, don't remember seeing and that I, one. I wanted to circle that and go, okay. So it actually, I mean, 
Nas has said that before. It does happen. The, the appearance of team toughness, the appearance of like certain players in your lineup do add to the confidence of how you play. Well, Luke Shen, I think, is the example of that, the most recent example of right. that. I think Ryan O'Reilly can factor in. Achari sneaky tough. Right. But Shen had a couple of physical confrontations with Lucic last night where they ran into each other effectively. Right. Two monsters running into each other. And even you look late in the game where, we're, again, we're watching it on TSN 2. Shen's just letting people know, like, don't mess around. And, or, or if I have to send you a message, I will, including Nas, where he actually yeah, really laid that, him out. I thought that hit was, like, exactly vintage Shen. Yes. Watching that live. And Kadri went right back at him. And vintage Kadri, because right. you know he's going to turn and give you a Pissed. whack. But if that's Lilligren... Kadri's gloves might come off. Well, and also, you know, if it's Hall, but no one's going to do that with Luke Shen. You're that, not dropping the gloves, you yeah, know, not, to to prove a point. Lucic no. would, but no one else is really looking yeah. to do and, that. And that, if that's Lilligren or Hall in that situation, you see how there's like it's a little late in a good, like it's fine, but like you know, he definitely made a point of making sure that finished like that was a finished hand, right? It, it's not like he ran into him at, by accident. He yeah. sought no, that out, which I like, and that's kind of yeah. what you're talking about too, even with. The new guys and and this whole competitive kind of mindset, it's like, go seek that out a little bit. Instead of, oh, now it's presented itself to me, I will react to it. A little more proactive. You are allowed. I think the word comes back to liberties. Take a few liberties. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to do it. There is. This is why the rules are in place. If you cross the line, for the most part, the refs will call something. But... You know, I, I watch guys throughout the league and on a bunch of different teams. There are certain guys where you just know they're in one or they bring you into one. You know, Brady Kachuk the other night, mm-hmm. like, he's in it and he scores a goal and then turns around and does that, whatever, the Superman pose or whatever. Like, it is, it's agitating. How about when he's going to the, the Detroit bench saying, yeah. like, who wants Any one? Any one of you guys, like, who wants The whole like, bench. It's just guys like that drag you into war. Luke Shen, a guy who you know. And has evolved as a player and knows what it takes to stay in the league and be effective, that's that's a calculated liberty that he took on Kadri last night. And go, yeah, is it a little bit late? Is it a little bit gray area? Sure. Great. So what? It's, it's, no it's, it's not a suspension. Not at all. It's not it's even it's a not penalty. A, it's not a penalty. No, it's but what not. it is, it's like, you want to come down my side, this is the toll that you're going to pay. Yeah. I, I come back. Jerome McGinley told me, he said, the, the toughest defenseman he ever played against was Zidane O'Chara. Because he said, even in practice when he played with him, I knew if I was going to go down that side that I was going to get something for my, for my efforts. A little extra. Just stick, a little extra face wash. And, and he also said Shea Weber. Same type of thing. Those guys leaned on you, and they made you... They made you want to choose. I'm, if I had a choice between going down that guy's side and somebody who plays a different style, or maybe I'll end up going down that that angle. That's what Shen has to continue to present in the, perfectly in that third pair right side hole. Because it's not going to be zone exits. It's not going to be expected goals above. No. It's not going to be end-to-end rushes. And there are value in that, and you have other players that are going to make sure they supply it. He can't be a turnstile. He can't be no. a disaster out there. But it's simple plays with the puck, which is what I thought he did last night, and play tough. Very simple. Like, and I, I think, like Justin Hall, I think has been sent a message. Like, you better play like you're six three. Like, you yeah. better pick up here because it'll be interesting to see what happens on the weekend. Well, now, I, I, I agree. 
what worries me is you you guys always say like well the standings don't lie we've got a long sample size here with justin hall mm-hmm. is is it in him to play consistently like that or will he resort back to hey i'm gonna that's, you yeah. know that's the de- decision he has to make as a player i think that's why shun ultimately is here because i i think ty likely would go to the incumbents they might be thinking that way dubas and Keith thinking, Hall, you're going to get a chance here. Right. Lilligren, you're going to get a chance here. But you've got internal competition. Like they said that Lilligren didn't come out because of an injury. I'm kind of if he's banged not up, sure he, about that. That the tie would go to him being banged he, up. He should come out. He got injured. The, he's been banged up a couple of times recently, where he's he's gone to the bench and he looks like he's a little bit leaky. But that's internal competition. I think that's a good sign. I've liked his game this year. I think Lilligren has played well, but he's still relatively young. And he hasn't proven that he's worthy of a lock in the lineup. Well, go back right. to last year. And that's a good sign. In Starting game one and game two against Tampa. And then he came out. He was the guy who had the momentum going into the playoffs, so he got the opportunity. They were riding the hot hand. Two games in, they made the yeah. switch to Justin Hall because, for whatever reason, he maybe he thought pushed out. he was getting pushed around, he couldn't handle it, so you try Justin Hall. And this year, likely first round of the playoffs, we will probably see something similar to that. Right? Maybe not the same two players, but you will see something like that well, because there's yeah. so many guys, there's so many different combinations. I don't know about you guys, but it was hard to keep track of who was playing with who last yeah, night on the back end because it felt like every other shift was a totally different pairing. Yeah. yeah, and I wonder if that's maybe why Keith did that, dressing seven defensemen, is you get Shen there, you get Gustafson there for the first time, you want to get them in, get them comfortable. Right, Just I, I don't mind doing that, you know, the 11-7. It gives a little bit more ice time to guys you want to give it to, too. Edmonton's been doing that for a while now, trying to get McDavid extra shifts. And, mm-hmm. you know, why play a fourth line when you can have two guys down there that you can really spread out over three lines? And... If you don't have, like, I think the decision gets made, the internal competition comes back to what you're saying. If you've got seven guys and one guy's not going, he falls out of that rotation pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. At, on the back end. And it's up to the defensive coach to go, okay, I, who's going, who's not? You get one more shift to, to, to show me that you're going or you're engaged or if you get passed over. Because it's a lot of work for the coach to work in that seventh guy. It's right. not that easy, right? Especially when special teams play a factor. Yeah. TV timeouts kill the rhythm for guys because you're always starting back at the top of the, yeah, the rotation. The order, yeah. So it, it's hard. And so if all seven guys got in on a fairly regular basis, that speaks to, A, the players involved, how well they played. They handled the situation well. They, like You have to be a little more attentive because all of a sudden now, it's not the same guy you've been changing for the last 13, 14 games. There's new right. guys coming in and out. you got to be aware. thought everyone did a really good job of handling that. And then even for the coaches, making sure that they're – Working the matchups properly. Well, and a guy like Gustafson, when you're new in an organization, you, like it's hard to develop trust like immediately. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned the bobble. Like Sheldon Keefe's not going to make that in. No, but he's yeah. not going to make that. But you have a better start. It helps with the confidence of like, hey, I, I got to get that guy out there and, and see. Mm-hmm. But you also want to test him. Let's see if he can bounce back from a mistake. Yeah, because. That might be a mistake at a critical time down the stretch here or early in the playoffs where you want to see if he has the, the resolve to bounce back or you lose him for the game. And is that not what they've been talking about, Noodles, about these, like Sheldon Keith the other day was talking about guys when the, when the, the temperature heats up, we yeah. want guys who will continue to play their game 
and not get shy and not get scared. I'm paraphrasing, right, yeah. right? But you get the message, and there's an example of it. You know, like, first shift doesn't go your way. How are you going to bounce back? There's another well, example. I, I always see coaches early on in the season, and then I see coaches on Twitter, uh, you know, criticizing as to why do you have this guy out with three minutes left defending a lead? And it's a young player. It's something like that. And then you'll talk to the coach, and he's like, i got to see if he can handle that situation. It's mm -hmm. early in the season. I want to test him. I'm give him an opportunity to grow. And, you know, that's, that's the game within the game, managing not only the game, but managing the players that you have. Sheldon has to do that. Was last night, correct me if I'm wrong with the Leafs, the first time that all six guys played? Yes, all, so, all six of the new guys. So that's a one-third of your roster that is different. Right. Settling into systems, settling into tendencies of players that you play with on a back to back as on well. On a back to back, so it, it, you know, it may have looked looked like a mishmash, but they they found a way to do it, and that's what you you know. Now you got a day off. You go into Vancouver. What is that? A four o'clock game? In, yeah, it's oh, four Saturday, local in Saturday. Vancouver, and then they're off to New Jersey for a game on Tuesday. So, and then you got the Oilers coming to town. You got Colorado coming to town. So there's going to be a good test. Yeah, there's going to be a couple of good tests for sure. But the Leafs, you know, they answered the bell last night. They played poorly the night before, and they really showed up last night. So there were 19 total trades today. Really, nothing of significance. Possibly John Klingberg going from Anaheim to Minnesota. For me, that's a sleeper. That's a. Sleeper. He's got the potential to be very good. I would yeah. say the Jordan Greenway deal is interesting as well. He goes from Mini to Buffalo. He's a he's a young guy. He's a big guy. Huge. And Huge. Um, plays big too. Yeah, yeah. Mini got a, a second rounder and a fifth rounder for him. But listen, maybe that was about opening room for Klingberg and making but some money work. But not marquee name like there no. wasn't all the big that stuff. all happened. Before Heavy him. lifting was done. Yep. I just wanted to see one like off the board that wasn't predicted. Yeah, like get, it would have just been nice to be like, ah, oh, you know, player or team X did this, and we didn't see that coming because it was a money thing, or you know, you finally had a team drop their price. The most telling, and we were talking about it off air. If you're JVR, how are you feeling about your your manager's uh, comments? That's like, wild. That's a tough so, one, man. Chuck, Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, you paraphrase. Chuck Fletcher, the GM of the of the Flyers, came out and said on the record, "Quote: Let me be clear, yeah. as if like people were peppering him. How could you not trade JVR?" He said, "I couldn't even get a fourth round pick." For him, like end quote. That seems like such an unnecessary. It, really it is an is. unnecessary throwing him shot. over the coals type of and comment. It's probably this JVR. guy was grinding at it all day, really yeah. frustrated because he couldn't trade the guy, and everyone's probably telling him he's got to take money, and he doesn't want to take money, or he's got to yeah. take bad money back, and he's like, I'm not doing that because if doesn't you could work. give a fourth round pick for JVR, it, it's you, you would probably do it. It's it's just the money that's the issue. My question is. Could you got a fifth? Yeah, exactly. You if you couldn't a get a sixth? fourth, like, what about a like, fifth? What's like the that's point? That's the thing. Like, it, it just—it was such a. I want context for the comment. That's where, like, I need to know who was asking the question. Like, why didn't you do it? Like, was he under uh, duress? I haven't because seen the, the video. The comment seems unnecessary. It seems JVR's unnecessarily kind of stabby. Yeah, you know, like just a, like JVR is a is a good guy, he's like a great he's a human, good great he's a good player back and, in Philly and for just the second so you time. Know, like I tried to I was dying I to was try dying to move him yeah. move as him. if he's some malcontent or something yeah, like, and I don't buy that. I I don't like I but I want to give room 
for context here because that quote just doesn't it yeah. doesn't look yeah we, you take a little too like we don't know what was said before what was said after but J, like JVR is he's the best man he he's is. one of the best guys I, I love play the guy with. and I, I awesome. th- still think he has game but obviously the people that were looking at him didn't feel that I well, didn't feel like it was worth a fourth rounder according to Chuck Fletcher I think the frustration could be the amount of deals because Cap Friendly has posted this up on Twitter. The only team in the league not to make a trade in the last month, Florida, which is amazing. Florida's the only team. Every other team made a deal, including Chicago, who made nine. Chicago made nine trades in the last month. Arizona, Minnesota, Nashville, the Rangers, and San Jose made seven. Anaheim, Buffalo, Toronto, Vancouver all made six. So you've got a nine-pack in Chicago. You've got a bunch of sevens. You've got a bunch of sixes. A quiet six for Buffalo. Very quiet six for it, Buffalo. It feels like maybe it's a lot of like minor transactions. Well, it, I, we saw some minor ones. Tinkering. It's yeah. tinkering, right? But well, they got Greenway. Sh- I mean, that's yeah. a, a guy that will plug in and play. That's their biggest right. one. Is but it? that's yeah. a yeah. that's a shocking stat that ze- like Florida did zero. Florida's the only team, and they won the President's Trophy a year ago. They're and they're still, in one. They're trying to get in, but they've got. I looked at it this morning. They've played like four games more than than I think Buffalo. Yeah, same thing with the Islanders. The Islanders are way, they've played four more than. Yeah, Ottawa four or five more than Buffalo. Man, oh man! But yeah, that's that puts it into perspective, though. Thirty-one teams have made a move, and a lot of them made multiple moves, and that explains why there wasn't as much action today, and why there may have been some frustration in places like Philly and elsewhere, where any other year it would seem like a formality you could move a UFA if you really wanted to. Right. Uh, Brian Boucher will join us, ESPN hockey analyst and former NHL goalie himself. Kyle Dubas spoke last hour, and of course he was asked about his goaltending. Why is he so confident in that goaltending? Is he so confident in that goaltending? We'll play that. We'll get into it. Brian Boucher will join us next. All right, open door policy today. Al's brother will be kicking around a little bit later. Carlo Koliakovo, I think uh, Bob McKenzie, Dave Poulin. You would have thought Boston Pizza dropped off. That's, I haven't seen this much traffic since Boston Pizza dropped off food here. It there is, are some snacks, though. There, like, there was some, a lot of snacks by I, Studio 6 today. I did catch a few floaters doing so some drive-by. I. <laughs> I caught a couple of guys stare at me. It was like almost <laughs> they were asking me to keep it on the down low with right. their eyes, yeah. you know, like the panic eyes. Yeah. There's a couple guys looking at us right now through the glass. Yeah. That may have been oh, I saw a couple of there. sneaky little you know individuals the over bus there. bus gets out through the building that Studio 6 has food. That's rocking over there. And it's quite, we're all on air and you come out and all of a sudden there's two people from like a control room, like the, from CTV. That's all of a sudden. That's like the best. <laughs> the CTV crew comes yeah. over. Anyways, anyway, lots of fun. Yeah, so the Leafs are back in action uh, tomorrow in Vancouver. McDavid's playing Winnipeg tonight, right? <laughs> and he's going for a sixth straight game with two plus. Which is crazy. <laughs> it does, it's crazy to even like promote it that way. Uh, but here's longtime NHL or ESPN hockey analyst joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Here's Brian Boucher. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Um, yeah, we're uh, today was a, a bit of a letdown, but uh, the last two to three weeks really hasn't been. I mean, can you recall anything like this the past month in the NHL with the amount of star movement, the amount of big names that have been on the go? It's been pretty wild. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't recall. I mean, uh, it, it always seemed like it was uh, the deadline day itself that seemed to give the most excitement. Um, but this time, it's just been a a constant um, 
you know, for the last two weeks, it seemed like every every day there was something going on, which made it made it exciting leading up to it. But certainly uh, today was a little little bit of a letdown, as you said. But uh, a lot of guys have moved. Um, you know, it's it's an exciting time for fans and for for broadcasters. It's not so much for for players that are told that they're having to pack up and, and head elsewhere. Bush, uh, which, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was a couple moves you like, but which organization or maybe a couple of organizations did you uh, like their body of work for the moves that they made to make their team better? Well, I think uh, right off the top of the list, for me, it's, uh, it's probably Boston. I mean, seeing that you know they were as good as they are all year long, uh, and yet they still go in and make uh, improvements uh, the way they did, I think, you know, Getting a guy like Orloff just solidifies their D. Hathaway is a guy that's, you know, hard to play against. And then they go and add, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi when they find out maybe they've got some guys that are nicked up. I just think Don Sweeney did a great job there. So, you know, the, it's like the rich got richer there. Um, Toronto, I think, did a great job. Uh, Dubas obviously was, uh, was aggressive. I think he had to be. Uh, you guys know this more than anybody. I'm, you know, the heat is probably right up around 180 degrees for him. Uh, they're in, they're in Toronto and they've got to do something and they, they got a tough first round matchup. So, uh, I thought he did a great job and, and I, and I think the moves that Chris Jury made with the Rangers, uh, you know, got ahead of it with Tarasenko and found a way to get, uh, Patrick Kane, uh, certainly two huge names uh, going there, but uh, the Rangers appear to be a team that is, you know, primed for uh, a good spring. But all those moves made in the East, it may not matter because someone's going to get knocked out in the first two rounds, which is uh, awfully disappointing if you're a fan of those teams. But I think those three teams are the ones that stand out to me the most. With Brian Boucher, a longtime NHLer and ESPN hockey analyst. So, you mentioned Dubas, and yeah, in this town, obviously, people are always buzzing about the Leafs, and there's a lot of pressure on them to finally get things done, and he made a lot of moves, and, and I think the three of us, we all agree with you in, in terms of them being positive moves, and they're a better team today than they were two weeks ago. One position he chose not to address was goaltending. He was just asked about it about 45 minutes ago, his confidence level, why he decided to stay pat. Here's what uh, Dubas had to say. How confident are you that that they can do it uh, in in the end and pull through? And I think you know Matt has done it in the past, and there weren't really other guys available that that have. And we believe in the potential of of Ilya and Joe both. So we'll get Matt healthy and get him rolling, and and uh, let the three of them continue to to uh, continue to move it in the right direction. What do you? So, do you are you buying this idea that they have faith, Murray? will be available to play like what's your read on how this plays out brian uh in the crease up here in toronto yeah i i have to think that they're confident that he's going to be healthy uh come playoff time um but you know how how long that confidence lasts i mean the, the track record for for murray is that you know he's, he's healthy for a month and then he and then he's out for another six and which is really unfortunate for him so I'm sure they feel good about him being able to come back from this injury before playoffs start or when playoffs start. Um, but how long that, that confidence lasts, who knows? And then the other guys, I mean, Sam, Samsonov has had a great year. He's done a nice job there in Toronto. It's, I'm sure it isn't easy uh, going into that pressure cooker uh, to play there. But he, he's done a nice job. But, you know, the reality is, and, you know, Noodles can can attest to this is that until you do it in the playoffs it's always going to be a question and you know he has not played well when he was in Washington in the playoffs and 
this is not like he's stepping into a place where there's you know no eyes on him. This is as big a pressure situation as you can get into uh, there in Toronto. So. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe Dubas is right. Maybe there wasn't a guy out there that uh, has more experience than than any of those guys, and that that could be that could be totally true. And uh, you know, and maybe you want to show confidence in the guys that you, you you brought in this year. And I know if I was Ilya Samsonov and they bring in a guy, I you know I'd be a little I'd be a little pissed off. You know what I mean? I'd be like, what you know? Why are you doing that? I mean, I got a nine one five save percentage. I played well. Give me a shot here. You know, let let me prove to you that I can do it. Um, and then, and then on top of it, you got a young guy in Joe Wall that I, I think you know what I think having a third uh, the third guy be a young guy is a good thing. You know, this guy's going to be hungry. Uh, he, he's going to want to get the guys would if he ever had to get in there, the guys would play hard for him. Uh, it doesn't mean that it would translate to a Stanley Cup necessarily, but. You know, I think when you got a guy that's in your system and, and he's, you know, he's paid his dues a bit, uh, give him a shot to be the number three. So it, it is the question mark for Toronto. There's no question about that. But, uh, you know, seeing what's out there, uh, maybe, maybe Dubas felt like there just was not an upgrade that would, that would be better than any of these guys. We've known for a while now that Toronto is probably going to play Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. And so you can't help but notice that the moves that they have made and the clientele that they've brought in is probably suited to help go head-to-head against Tampa in some areas that they've struggled in in the past. Like when you look at those moves, whether it's O'Reilly, Achari, Shen, Jake McCabe, there's a little more physicality, a little more of that competitive nature. Do you think there's enough that's been done there to go head-to-head against Tampa and win? I do. I think uh, with the forward and uh, D group, I do. I for sure. I think they've got enough, and I, I think they've, you know, they've had the disappointments of playoff path to, uh, you know, to, to have that experience to get to get through it. They've got the talent. There's no question about that. I mean, talent for talent, uh, Toronto matches up. The only place they don't match up is in goal, and uh, sometimes that can be the ultimate equalizer. And if you're a Leafs fan, you hope that's not the case. Uh, you hope that Vasilevsky, you know, proves to be human and and maybe gives up a couple soft goals here and there and allows the Leafs to get through. But the, the moves that they've made, not only did they, not only did they stiffen up, uh, I, I think just in terms of you know sheer uh, quantity, um, you know, they've got a lot of numbers. So if they do get banged up, they've got guys that they can plug in that I'm sure they feel pretty confident about. You know, the question for the Leafs will be is, you know, all these guys. Uh, can, can they gel? Can they come together as a new group? A lot of new bodies, a lot of new faces. I mean, that's, that's, that's not an easy thing, but they've got 20 or so games to, to sort that out. With Brian Boucher of ESPN. So McDavid is uh, playing Winnipeg tonight. He's gone five straight games where he scored two goals, 10 goals in five games. He's sitting on 52 on the season. He's got 20 games left. Is 70 reasonable? Do you think that's a reasonable expectation that he could be, you know, within striking distance the final two or three games of the season and possibly have his sights on 70 goals? I do think it's possible, yes. Um, the, the guys, nobody, I don't know, if, here in the States, we don't make a big enough deal about Connor McDavid and how special he really is. Like, it, 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 it it's like Michael Jordan. Like, it, you know, like Jordan in his heyday, like, you know, just dominating basketball games and putting up 50 plus, you know, like, you know, like it was nobody's business. And this guy is, um, he's on another level. It almost, it's like, it's like he's a, you know, a man amongst boys, you know, it's like as if, as if he's playing against like Bantam players out there, how he's able to, you know, to dominate hockey games. And uh, I get the sense that he's, 
he's just got such a, I don't know if it's a chip on his shoulder, but I, I sense a real hunger in, in his belly that he wants to, you know, he wants to get this team to great heights. And if he has to do it by himself, he'll do it. So, yeah, I think 70 goals is entirely possible. How many games did you say he has left? Is it 20? Yeah, he's got yeah, 20 left. 20 games, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, a goal a game. He, he can do it. Yeah. He can do it. It's honestly, it, it like he... He's going to cool down in terms of you know multiple goals. Yeah, you can't in I a mean, game. This, He's not going to do it forever. This like pace this is, is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But he even if he resets like he did a couple of weeks ago, where he went four or five games, I believe, without a goal. Right. Then he snaps out of it. Like when this cat decides to snap out of it, which is a ridiculous phrase yeah. considering he is who he is and he's doing what he's doing. He's got games against Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona. Like, yeah. man, he could torch yeah, those they, teams. They are kind of in the gauntlet right now because it was the Leafs. They played Boston. They've got back-to-back with Winnipeg. I think they come out here. They play Boston and the Leafs again. Yeah, they're back on the East Coast. But then it softens up. Absolutely. Where, you you know, you are in the San Jose's and Anaheim's. Like, those teams are dumping players to try and get Bedard. And Edmonton's got to win, right, right, Brian? Like, you're looking at a situation. They're battling it out. Like, yeah. they're they're going to make the playoffs. But they would, I'm sure, prefer to play Seattle or L.A. in the first round and, and try to avoid the wild card situation. Oh, 100%. I mean, and I think that's even, you know, uh, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that these games mean so much uh, for everybody in that Pacific division, including Edmonton. I mean, it's not like they're, they're locked in where they can kind of cruise. So I don't think he's going to cruise. And if I was any of those teams that you mentioned, San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim, if I was the starting goaltender that next night against McDavid, um, I don't think I'd get much sleep. I mean, this guy would scare the living daylights out of me. I, I'd find a way to make sure that Noodles was the guy that had to play that next game. Yeah. <laughs> Smart and strategy. You, funny, all yours. Yeah, and you know that I'd be working to see if you could play. <laughs> uh, we had this the debate earlier in the day, kind of off air. What would be the best for the league for the landing spot for a guy like Connor Bedard. We're talking about the top of the league and, and, and teams that have done a lot to, to make their teams special to have a playoff run. What about the teams at the bottom? Where do you think would be the best for the league as far as eyes on him, uh, maybe market, and maybe turning around an organization? Montreal. Um, I, I, I think him in Montreal with the, the prospects that they've stockpiled the picks that they've gotten, like Montreal, I think their turnaround is going to be pretty quick. And you get a guy like that, you know, I don't know, like if Toronto doesn't get the job done, you know, Matthews is in a in a precarious situation where, you know, is you know does he sign there? I don't know. Like is, is could the run end for Toronto, even though they've lost in the first round every year, but they've been a pretty solid team. McDavid, what's he up in three years? You know your your hopes for a Canadian team winning. I, I feel like it could change. Like I think you know Montreal could be a team that's in the discussion in three years. Ottawa could be a team that's in the discussion in a couple of years. So I mean I think him in Montreal would just be. I think it'd be amazing. Um, you know uh, maybe that maybe that's not great for you know some of those southern teams that may want him. But as far as like being a visible face. I think it'd be great. He's, you know, he's, I can't remember a buzz about a uh, Canadian junior player, maybe since McDavid, uh, like Bedard had, and, and he certainly came through with more than flying colors. I'm excited to see this guy in an NHL uniform, and I think, 
I think in Montreal would be the best spot for him just because of the, the prospects that they have lined up coming up. We'll leave it there, Brian. We appreciate the time, buddy. We'll do it again soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. There's Brian Boucher of uh, ESPN joining us here on Maple, the Maple Toyota Hotline. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. Yeah, I remember the hype of McDavid and Junior. I remember going to see him play when he was in Erie, and there was a ton of hype. It was exceptional status. The guy's numbers were off the charts. He had a really quality second world juniors, but he didn't do it, but Dard did. No, like, no one did. Man. Nobody did. No one like, did that. Like I think it was understood McDavid would reach the level of best player in the world. I'm not sure the same applies to Bedard because McDavid exists. Right. So I, I don't think he's the same in terms of hype, but I would I think you could make the argument he's been a better junior player. Like as crazy right. as that sounds, and McDavid has been was spectacular in Erie. This kid is putting up a two or th- like a two year run in junior that is yeah. wild. And there's still people that'll tell you like ah, I don't know because of the size. Like man, this guy size it, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter game. when you're that good. You can shoot the puck like that. He's like he's so elusive. And I'm I'm really interested to see where he goes because I think there's a correct market for him to go to and incorrect markets for well, him to end up. Whoever in. gets him better surround him with players that can get him. The well, pocket. that's part of it too. That's that's the thing. Like whoever gets him, like the rebuild, better have like shifted immediately. Well, think about the rebuild here when they got Matthews. They had Nylander in the system, right? right. Like they had. Did they not have Marner they had in the Marner. system yeah. already? So yep. there was players coming up. If he goes to Chicago, I don't know who he's with there. It's a big market. Like, it's yeah. a notable market to be in, but I don't know who he's playing with. Columbus is the opposite where small market team, but at least he's going in with some players like Sillinger and Kent Johnson. Yeah, young players. Goudreau. Yeah, like, you've got Goudreau, Line a there. Yeah. Like, you're right. You've got some players to step into. You know, Hayes, you were, you were talking optically. Like, I also selfishly would like him in a Canadian market because you just – We'd be talking, it would be literally Leafs, Ottawa, Montreal, and depend, if he's in Montreal, that's all we'd be focusing on, mm-hmm. and Edmonton, obviously, with McDavid. Yep. Yep. Or if he ends up in Vancouver, which is definitely a possibility, like all of a sudden the West gets a lot of love where you're, you're focusing on the, the, you know, the teams out east here in Alberta and then must-watch TV in Vancouver. Yeah. That's what the options are right now in terms of Canadian teams. Uh, technically, Ottawa could be out and in the lottery, but the chances of them right. moving up is is not very strong. It it's Montreal who's got a legit shot, and Vancouver has a legit shot. Not the same odds right. as what Chicago will have, Anaheim will have, Columbus will have, but within range of actually mm-hmm. securing this yeah. guy. And yeah, I I think there will be a lot of pressure on whoever gets him to turn it around almost immediately. And like you mentioned, the lease situation in Edmonton, they had Dry Saddle waiting, yeah. right? Like when McDavid went there, Dry Saddle right. was there, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was there. Yeah, they had a couple of young guys who were yeah. prepared to flank this super kid. Yeah, and and they had some veterans too. They right? did, and but, that's yeah. something we've talked about with Anaheim, Brian. It's like some of the guys that are there, they're excellent young players, but they might have not had the veteran insulation. Yep, that they well, may have needed. I, I I've pointed this out several times. Claude Giroux has been an amazing signing for Ottawa because he's been that veteran, 
you know, stability. He's, he's and getting he's it produced. Done. He's, he's produced. Yeah, he's, not exactly. a, he's not a legacy player. Like he he's was Jack well. last night when he scored that goal. Of course, Jacked. he's playing great. But what it's done is that he's dragged a lot of these young kids to that next level because of the way that he plays, the way expectations. So Bedard in an organization, you need. It's not legacy players. It's players that can help him get to that next level. Yep, absolutely. Dave Pullen's going to be in studio. Bob McKenzie will be in studio. Um, we've got our leaf tickets we've got to give away, so you got to listen for that, the final clue for the week in terms of our leaf ticket giveaway. So we'll do that between now and 7 p.m. Frankie Corrado's in here with Jamie Noodles McLennan. I'm Brian Hayes. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. All right, we have a pair of tickets to give away. Leafs Avalanche, March 15th, every day this week. We have been providing you with clues to the identity of a current or ex-Maple Leaf player. Today is your chance to call in and name that Leaf. Your final clue, this former Maple Leaf was a Morgan Riley defensive partner for most of his Leafs career. I think we all know who that is now. Why? I think we do. Luke Shen's wearing his number. But Jake McCabe was going to wear his number. Uh-huh. And then Luke Shen came, and Luke Shen took his number. Fair enough. And I guess this guy technically took Luke Shen's number. Anyway, 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Leafs Colorado and the uh, Cup Champs, they've made some moves, yeah. right? The Cup Champs are like a big uh, part of the conversation recently. And, and I understand where it's coming from, and I've been driving it a lot as well, is that the West is so much easier than the East. And that, that is factual when you look at the teams. There's no question. But you still got to play the games, you still anything is possible. You gotta stay healthy. You have to stay if you healthy. Get, if you get you gotta hurt, get goaltending. Yeah, like you get all the way there and you're hurt, man. Tough luck. So a Western well, team will will beat you up. And yeah. The thing is, is Colorado is a serious team. Like if they get Landeskog back, like that's you add in like that's almost like a rental at the deadline. Big you're time. In a, you know, your captain coming home. A little X factor there because of the loss of Kadri and what he does matchup wise and intensity wise. If Lars Eller, Lars Eller can yeah. be a little bit of a matchup guy and maybe pitch in offensively, like it's not going to be the same, but that'll be like if he he can swing it one way or the other with his yeah. play a little bit. Big time. Absolutely. All right, Bobby Mack coming up in studio. Dave Pullen will join us. Carlo Koliakovo. Um, we got Kevin Day off the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. I got a note from our friend Sarah Orleski with a very interesting comment oh. about something that Chevy may or may not have said. We'll try to get that audio, and we'll see if he can respond to it. That's coming up a little bit later this afternoon. Hour 2 up next. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.